Welcome back. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Lexi's with me. And this week, we're recapping the class we took together this weekend. Uh, we actually took our first class together, and this is Lexi's, uh, this is her first endeavor into a firearms training course outside of just your normal CPL training. Uh, we, we went out to uh, Ann Arbor Arms, which we've mentioned in the podcast. We've been there a bunch of times. Uh, Robbie, the lead instructor there, is a friend of mine awesome dude awesome instructor um kind of actually we'll get into it in a minute but it's actually a kind of a last minute uh thing that we got into the class and uh had a great time <clears throat> learned a bunch about uh shooting from concealment and and carrying concealed and things like that uh so we're gonna get into it we're gonna cut it up it should be pretty good uh before we we get too far i do want to point out a couple things uh one we actually have our first giveaway live on the instagram page right now so if you guys follow us on Instagram, or especially if you don't follow us on Instagram, go look up prepared.mindset.pod on Instagram. We have our giveaway post up. You can tag uh, three friends, unlimited entries, win yourself uh, some really cool gear from our uh, supporting sponsors. Speaking of our supporting sponsors, got to make sure we give them thanks, uh, as what they get, they do for us makes this all possible. Uh, first, SlimFit Holsters. Uh, SlimFit is uh, in the giveaway. They are actually uh, kind enough to donate a custom holster of your choosing and design, uh, minus the, the drop leg rig that they do. Uh, but everything else is is up for grabs and totally fair game. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with SlimFit, head over to slimfitholsters.com and check them out. You can use our discount code PREPARED10. It'll save you 10% and free shipping. They got all kinds of options. Uh, I carried with their Gladius appendix rig in the class on Saturday. Uh, did did great with it. <clears throat> Lexi carried with the Guard Ultra and a spare magazine carrier. Um, and truthfully, they're great holsters. Um, and one of the things that was mentioned at the beginning of the class was, you know, how important it is to have a great holster. And we, you know, we're going to talk about it, but we had several people in that class that had, mal- that had holster malfunctions. Um, you know, the, the holster literally came out with the gun or the holster came out while the gun came out and fell on the floor. Um, so don't underestimate the importance of having a good quality kydex holder a holster excuse me again slimfitholsters.com use our code prepared 10 to save 10 percent and free shipping check out their gladius uh their guard ultra for appendix carry their guard if you're just looking for something inside the waistband they're victorious if you're looking for something outside the waistband and a whole bunch more james and crew do excellent excellent work you won't be disappointed slimfitholsters.com also got to say thanks to my medic <clears throat> you guys are looking for medical supplies head over to mymedic.com they gave us the code mindset 20 it's going to save you all 20 percent off of your order regardless of what you get guys having the proper life-saving equipment is essential right we were in class part of the range safety brief uh was where the medical kit is found uh is you know what the procedure is what this the backup medic you know who that was going to be in the class uh the instructor robbie he's he's trained as an emt and certified and things so Uh, Whether you're shooting on the range, whether you're out hiking, snowmobiling, skiing, uh, snowboarding, ice fishing, you need to have the proper materials to be prepared for whatever you might run into. MyMedic can help take care of that. Again, MyMedic.com, use our code MINDSET20, save you 20%. You can also go through our Facebook page, find us, the Prepared Mindset Podcast on Facebook. Go through our offer section. You can actually use our affiliate link through that offer. And a piece of whatever you spend through mymedic.com 
comes back to support the podcast. You can still use the discount code Mindset20, still save 20%, but that piece comes back to help support all the good stuff that we're doing here and producing this, this extra fine content for your listening pleasure. They got everything over there. Head over to Minds, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, MyMedic.com. Again, Mindset20 is the code. But getting into it, <clears throat> it was your first class this weekend, right? Yep. Um, how long ago did you take your CPL course? Oh, <clears throat> actual CPL course? Mm-hmm. Six years ago. Yeah, so it's been a hot second since you were in an actual... Um, actual like classroom setting, yeah. I, I, it was due for renewal this uh, past year, 2021. Yeah. But that was just a quickie online <clears throat> course that... Uh, yeah, and you know, with most of these classes, honestly, that with CPL courses, when I say these classes, I mean CPL courses. Most of these CPL courses, you get, you know, you have a day of uh, classroom instruction, and then what? You're looking at uh, twenty rounds or twenty-five rounds downrange. Realistically. Yeah, I mean, very. I would not call it a. It's it's a class to teach you the legalities of carrying. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a. a classroom like book yeah session more than it is anything else and if those of you listening have your cpls you know what we're talking about those courses are designed less for teaching you how to shoot and more for teaching you the rules around carrying which is which, super important yeah it makes sense <clears throat> we took this concealed carry tactics course because this is um this is like the next step i think they even they literally say it on the ann arbor arms website <laughs> like okay you got your cpl now what's next and this is the, uh, it's like a companion course, really. Um, and we actually, uh, we had talked about signing up for it, and we got to like the night before, and we were like, shit, we didn't sign up. I really kind of want to do this. Um, so I, you know, I messaged, uh, I shot Robbie a message. I go, hey, man, I know I saw a post earlier in the week. You guys still had openings and stuff. Um, can we get in? And the class was actually full. Um, but he was cool. He said, yeah, you know, 12 is not bad. We can manage 12. Just guys come on out we'll we'll just have you pay when you get out here and, and whatever else so that was awesome got up early on saturday so uh, actually it takes us like an hour to get out there so we don't visit the facility nearly as much as we would like um <clears throat> but get out there get all that taking the paperwork and stuff taken care of um, like i said started with a good safety brief they do that with the beginning of every one of their courses um what were your takeaways from 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 that opening discussion? Because you talked about a lot of there was a, a lot of discussion before we got out on the range and just started shooting. Um, I think that for someone who, for where it seems like they kind of market, you know, yeah, you you got your CPL now what? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of information, all good information, all good information. A lot of it I had heard or was familiar with. Um, just because it's it's been a while and, and doing the podcast and just getting into the concealed carry community, um, you pick up on some of those things. But they talked about you know having um, having a good belt, the importance of a good belt, and you know having a good holster and having the the safety equipment you know it it it's cool to have a med kit but doesn't do you know like why would you not have one in your range bag right like you're you're going to like don't don't assume like any, or even any, just on your person honestly yeah Robbie talked about you know he he showed us one that was like vacuum sealed that he was required to carry <clears throat> on his person and when he was in law enforcement yep you know so it it wasn't 
so much around here's just the shooting. It, I mean, there was a lot of information also around how to carry, uh, what you should carry, why. They have benefits to different carry, drawbacks from different carry, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> why he, you know, he carries appendix, as do we both. And yep. um, Actually, I, I want to say, honestly, I think by the end of the class, because I know some people moved their holster position between the start of class and end of class. Yep. Um, but I, I want to say when we finished that class, um, out of the 12 of us that were shooting, mm-hmm. only two people finished that course still carrying strong side. Yep. And I know there was at least one lady who's an older lady, um, who Rob, you know, Robbie just evaluating her draw and things like that. So, you know, got her to move the gun up to the, you know, the appendix position, and she was much faster. Yep. <clears throat> um, which was, uh, I mean, really, it's cool to see. Um, you can kind of just show people, hey, I know it, it feels weird, it looks a little bit weird, but here's the tangible results. Like, right by the end of the class, that that. Prove to you that hey, you're gonna have to take some time to get used to this, but it is noticeably better. Yeah, um, your performance. Well, right? and, and and you could I could see like the the couple people who started strong side finished strong side, um, watching them. I, he because he, he brought up Robbie brought up a point in the start of like the safety briefing about just how much attention you draw to yourself, mm-hmm. having it not appendix you know having it there just at at your belt line at your belt buckle you can really very subtly i think he mentioned specifically the texas church shooting from a couple years ago yep where the guy like had to sweep his coat was this huge big motion because he was carrying strong side and was immediately you know unfortunately yeah got taken out right um Um, and so and so that's that was cool to see um we we started the day with a cold start drill from I think it was like point one tactical or something. It's a very humbling, difficult, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was an excellent drill. I would have loved to actually do it again. Yeah, at the end of the class, like yep. so, you know, compare your start to your um, your finish of the of the course, which was it was only four hours. I feel like I got better in those four hours, though. I do too. I would agree. I wish it was a little bit longer, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was one of the things that we discussed at the end, right? Um, one of, the, one of the things I actually really appreciate about Robbie as an educator and about how they run the courses there at Ann Arbor is um, got everybody together at the end of uh, the class and, hey, what's, uh, what's one positive, basically, and then what's one negative from what you took away uh, from today's curriculum? What, would you, you know, what did you really enjoy? What do you like? And then um, he asks, he openly asks for and seeks out criticism uh, and what, what he what the students think that he and the team there can do better what they can add in or or remove or change to improve the overall experience right um so i i really you know extending the time i thought was probably the and and it sounded like he's going to either do that or make a second course yep concealed carry tactics too or something either way works you're getting Mm -hmm. less information and more you know you're, you're spreading out the information you're able to spend the you know the time you need on it and address things appropriately yeah um but i mean get, that that starting drill right that that least it was it was pretty humbling um, yeah i think we only shot it from like seven yards or something yep and it was it's on an eight and a half by 11 <clears throat> it was laid out laterally and it's two large target zones you had to do three rounds on each and then um you had to re- reload and then you had to do two shots in a smaller uh, section in the very center and then one shot in each of the four corners and no it was uh two large sections 
yeah. one two in the corners two shots center and then one two on the small targets you, you had to break it up combination you needed no you had to do right the two large ones three and three then you reloaded and, and then, then you, you had did. to do two small ones. It didn't matter which of the four small ones you did. You had to do two small ones, oh. then hit center mass, and then do the other well, two small regardless, ones. Regardless, it was a pretty difficult drill. Um, most of us didn't actually perform very well. Um, <laughs> even Robbie's first attempt at it. Um, you know, one of the things I appreciate about him as an instructor, and, and if you guys are looking for instructors, honestly, um, you need to make sure you have somebody who can demo what they're trying to teach you. Otherwise, I, I, I mean, personally, I just I don't know how much stock you can really put in what they're what they're saying and what they're they're doing. If they can't do what they're telling you to do, then you know, in my mind, there's just a loss of credibility. Um, but it's a difficult drill. Um, so that's what we started with, right? Yep. Um, we uh, did it, you know, individually, so you kind of see where everyone was at. You got some time. Is it? It's tough. I think I ran it. I was just over 14 seconds on the drill itself, and I think the par time for it was like 11 and a half something like that and yeah the pro time for it was like eight seconds which i can't even i can't even fucking imagine doing that in eight seconds like that's yeah. some like grandmaster shit or something <clears throat> but um that's how it started kind of got a baseline of where everyone's skill set was at um and that was i think that i don't think it was that drill. i think it, what did we do what came next I think we started working on drawing from concealment. We're breaking down the draw stroke. Yep. Right. We, he, his goal was to get you to have your, get, get your weapon out and fire a shot within a second and a half. 1.5 right. seconds. To draw from concealment and fire around in 1.5 seconds or under. And he explained, and, and this is, one of the, again, one of the things I really appreciated was the context he put behind it. Yep. We, had a, we stopped the class and had a, dis, or stopped the shooting and had a discussion. You know, why is that, why is that 1.5 second mark so important um and it comes down to tooler drill um which is basically uh in 1.5 seconds whoever is coming at you or attacking you can close like 21 yards 20, or something 21 feet 21 seven feet, yards sorry, um in that 1.5 seconds so that's that's that like that metric right yep. that's that measurable um, that you want to try and meet yourself to. And honestly, I think most of us either beat that time or met that time. Met or were just over. Yeah. Um, Everyone was very close. Now, consistently, I don't. Th- I wouldn't say it was consistent for everyone. I know mine wasn't. However, I, I know that I had one. I think my best time was like a 114. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yours was like a 135. Yep. You were oh. definitely under. Yep. Um. I think, yeah, I think the, the, the closest or the fastest one for the day was like a 1-1, one, one, you know, yep, so just over, um, I mean, so, I mean, some pretty good work. And what we did is we broke down the draw stroke. We did it dry fire first with, you know, step one, clear the garment and index the, the grip of the pistol. And that was it. And what, yep. And went into the detail on that. Um, and then from that position, draw, uh, orient the muzzle towards the target and form your two handed grip in a compressed uh, position and then the third step was to push out yeah well and and with, with step two which was a, a habit i think a lot of people had to break um was at step two you're as, as soon as you orient the gun towards your target you're ready to shoot so your finger should mm-hmm. be on the trigger well and that so that was uh that was the biggest point of adjustment for me is because typically when i have been practicing my draw from concealment and things my trigger my finger doesn't go onto the trigger until it's 
you know, I'm fully oriented to target and, uh, extended and in my final shooting position. Um, and that's something that, you know, I really had to focus on and it kind of fucked me up for a bit there. Um, and in the next drill that we did, yeah. um, but we, we, we broke that down in groups. We did it dry and then we did it, uh, step by step. Um, what was really cool and I didn't, I never realized this trick before, but he took the shot timer and, uh, because the actual beep itself on a shot timer is 0.2 seconds he set the par time at like 0.1 or something um or point point three, something like that so basically the beep was just really long it was so close together it was like one continuously long beep so basically if we can complete each one of those three steps in 0.5 seconds you have that 1.5 uh par time to draw and fire yep um, so for any of us that are looking to practice that at home, I know I certainly will be trying to, uh, mimic that and repeat that, that practice process. My new, uh, part time for that will be 1.5 or lower, yep. you know? Um, and not that I, again, I did it in class. Um, like I said, everybody did, I think, uh, or got very, very close. The consistency and the repeatability, however, um, I think is, where you, you need, you know, you find that need to, to practice this at home. Well, that was, and that was the point on that cold open drill. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as you are without a warm up. Right. Right. Just spur the have, moment without practicing and warm up shots and like. Because you're not going to have time to get ready. Yeah. In a real world situation. So well, having. Exactly. You're trying to build skills towards what your real world reaction will be. Mm-hmm. Um. And I thought that breaking that down that way and teaching those fundamental mechanics the way we did, honestly, I think we spent more time on that than we did on anything else in the class, which makes sense because it's the fundamentals and you have to do it safely and things like that. So it's certainly not did, something you rush. And we did use that skill well, yeah, in other drills. Else. So like everything else we did was from that was involving that concealed draw stroke. So. Yeah, you start off with that. Like I said, we did a dry fire, and then we loaded up, and we did it live fire in groups, and then we ran the drills, uh, you know, independently. Mm-hmm. So that was cool, um, and it, it wasn't really a competition person to person so much as it was just you know you trying to beat yourself, trying to beat your best score, uh, you know, working against yourself rather than trying to beat somebody else's score in the class. Um, and once we I don't want to say mastered because we certainly didn't, but once we were competent with the draw stroke drill that we were working on, we moved on to something that I've been wanting to learn for a really, really long time, which was uh, shooting from retention. Yep. That was definitely. That was interesting. New. Yeah, it was, it was new. I mean, I definitely, I definitely see the like necessity, you know, if you've got someone on you, you're getting yeah, within attacked. basically arm's reach. Um, cause that, that's how they started the drill. We, we, we got up there and he's like, all right, put your arm out, touch the target. That's how close you should be. So everyone was a little yep. different, right? Everyone's got different arm lengths. Um, and then he's like, all right, pull your left arm back or strong side, you know? Yeah. So you put your left or, hand on the back of your head and get the elbow up to essentially like it's you're blocking. a blocking posture with your non-dominant hand. Yep. And then we were, so working on it, it's clearing the garment with one hand and then with that same hand, indexing on the pistol, drawing the pistol and coming out to what we call, what he called the rock and lock position. Basically, um, the like magwell of your gun is 
like on your bottom rib or something. Yeah, you got your rib cage. And- yeah, angled outward and towards the target um, so that the slide doesn't come back and hit you. Not because it's going to hurt you so much, but because it would it would uh, cause a malfunction. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was that was really um, it, it kind of nerve wracking, honestly, because I've never fired a gun that close to my body. We were up on the uh, the it's not the berm, the backstop. The rubber and stuff yep. at the end of the... Uh, Super close to the... I mean, I think so, the closest I've ever shot at a target. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that was, um, that was, I think, the only time we had any... I don't want to say incidents, because it really wasn't any incidents. It's just, I think, the reality of working on drills like that. Yeah. Um, because you were getting some spalling off of the backstop and stuff like that, <clears throat> um, which really just felt like if you ever ridden on a motorcycle with like an open ma- uh, open face helmet... If you got hit with like a stone or something, that's really as bad as it was. I mean, I thought um, I took some to the face and to the the thigh. Um, once you realize that it's just small, it you know makes sure you're not bleeding or nothing. But yeah, we we did have one guy in the class who did get a bleeder. Um, yep. He we thought it was from small. He he was rocking one of those new um, M&P Shield Plus uh, Performance Center guns with the ported barrel. So no. what that does, if you have a ported barrel, just like a muzzle brake on a rifle, um, the ported barrel lets the gas escape from the top um, in like two 45-degree angles sort of, so it keeps the muzzle flat when you're shooting. Um, so it's meant to assist with making it easier to be accurate and to shoot comfortably in things. Um, but when you're shooting from this uh, this highly compressed position, it's blowing a lot of gas uh, in your face and rather... Uh, sharply so um the shooter himself i don't I don't remember the gentleman's name but uh he thought it was from that but i think it was some spalling there's definitely a, a good amount of blood there um not like a gash or anything but he was very, definitely very small and contained but the the way like a paper cut bleeds like small wound very aggressive yeah it was like <laughs> a bad paper cut you know like a couple droplets of blood um noticeable right because yep. we came back to load up and he's oh am i bleeding and we're like yeah dude you're you, <laughs> you're definitely one. bleeding yeah, um, and I think we had the guy in the end who I think maybe just angled too much or something, caught the wall or the berm or something, and he got hit pretty good, I guess, with a piece of spall in his uh, abdomen like, rib cage or, or something. Or, yeah, but he he stopped and was like, I think he I think he said, he's like I, I got shot or something or something. I got hit, and you know, uh, that, of course, when something like that happens, it's like, what the hell? Everyone stop, and it turns out, you know, he's not actually hit. He just got hit by a piece of spall, um, which I mean no knocks on him like the first time that happens anybody i mean you should like okay did something fucking happen yeah did i just get shot and not realize it or what um so that was uh unique very unique I, but i definitely felt that it is definitely something i would not have wanted to do like oh, on my yeah. own time no this is something i've wanted to learn for a long time and i wanted to and Every video or whatever that I've seen online about this, like pretty much anybody that knows they're talking about has said, don't try this until you have somebody who knows what they're doing teach you how to do it. Because it's shooting from retention. It's really, really easy to hurt yourself um, or shoot yourself if you're not doing things, you know, the right way. So, yeah, I mean, I've been waiting a while to learn this and it's probably one of the most applicable uh, defense skills. Um, So we learned this... uh, Again, we called the the rock and lock position, firing from that canted angle, um, kind of positioning the gun at your bottom of your rib cage. 
um, and then taking a step back and that compressed high ready position, taking another shot and then you take a step back and you're fully extended and you take your third shot. So just like we had done with breaking down the draw stroke into steps, so to speak, right? We broke this down, this drill down into three steps as well. And then contextually put them together end to end to end. Yep. Which was cool. That was, um, like I said, I've been wanting to learn that. And I think, again, that's probably one of the most applicable scenarios um, for shooting to try and stop a threat, um, trying to insert distance, right, between you and whatever your threat is. Yeah, because the, the ultimate goal in all of this is just to get away. Right? You, you want to get home safe and, and get mm-hmm. away from the threat. So right. they, they did. I mean, they had you start, you know, we'd already practiced clearing the garment one-handed, so we, we started from the rock and lock and... Uh, shot one off and it's like okay make sure you're angled appropriately towards the target like take this time now start building that muscle memory for that specific position to make sure that you're always going to be angled at the target when you draw that and then yeah okay take a step back compressed high what do you say compressed high high position yeah and uh get another shot off take another step see and that was again that's the weird one for me is firing from that compressed position because that a lot, you know, it's just not something I've ever done before. Well, and, and yours was like high and compressed, but mine's I stay low. Right. Being female and having things in the way. Is it because you have boobs? Yes. Yeah. The boobs get in the way. So and that's I mean and so and that's the important part about getting out and and training is context like that, right? Because it's really easy to read instructions like online, read instructions or watch uh, videos of male shooters or vice versa, female shooters. The instruction is going to be a little bit different just based on your anatomy. Just like for larger individuals, your draw stroke and things are going to be different um, because you probably carry strong side mm-hmm. versus appendix or something sure. like that. Um, so it, it is. It's really important to seek out these kinds of classes and, and uh, seek out a qualified instructor who's had experience doing things like this, you know, real world. Yep. Um, so we got through that and then... Trying to what was the next drill we worked on? We started on? doing movement because we, oh, right. we had already started doing movement by putting. So we started uh, forward and backwards movement while shooting. Yep. And that was, um, that was, so I've only really been in three classes. If you count my CPL course, um, I took a carbine course last summer, right? And then um, this class. And this was the first time I, I really think encountered uh, what I would deem to be some kind of a, a relatively serious uh, safety issue. I thought Robbie handled it really well. Um, wasn't anything just outright negligent, just a couple of people in, that were in the class, right, that struggled with the concept of dressing a line, staying, yep. staying in line with each other as you're moving forward or backwards. Um, and for those of you listening that may not understand, if you're moving backwards and you're the one person taking smaller steps than anyone else, you end up relatively quickly, you end up in front of them. So you're downrange from them while they're shooting. Yep. If you're moving forward and taking two small steps, you end up behind those people while you're still shooting. So they're downrange of you. So it's really important when you're doing these, I don't want to say, it's not lateral, but these, um, you know, forward, backwards, or even, you know, I guess lateral, if that's what you're doing, uh, movement drills, um, doesn't have to be high round count, safety rules, range rules dictate, you know, you, you have to be aware of what's going on. So that one got stopped several times, um, because of people not not following directions and not i don't think it was a lack of under 
uh, it might have been a lack of understanding. I didn't think it was that hard to understand. I didn't think that they were the directions were explained poorly. I thought it was no, relatively I thought, I thought simple it was very exercise. Clear. It's just there's just a couple, like two, three people that struggled because you, you, you're yeah. They, I mean, granted, you're in the class. You you kind of expect a, a higher level of uh, I don't say skill, but just understanding overall. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and you are, you're being asked now, it's one thing to go to the range where you're mostly just focused on yourself shooting just down because you've got barriers. Yeah, you've got barriers between you and the next lane and you're, you're stationary and, but you've, you've got now this movement. So now, I mean, just like you would in a real world situation, you have to be aware of your periphery mm-hmm. and be aware of your surroundings while you're also shooting and trying to, you know, maintain accountability for your shots and you know get it where you want it to go discipline and all that stuff So you've you've got a lot of things that i think people just weren't used to Mm -hmm. there were some there were some people there that i mean we had some we had a pretty wide um range of experience when people were talking uh you had people who had been carrying and shooting for six or seven years Mm -hmm. you had people who have been uh had their cpl for about six months yep um which is fine. That's that's what those courses are for. It's actually pretty cool to hear that people have only been carrying for six months and they're already seeking out training. Because um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people get their CPL and they don't ever seek out any training. We both know several that have yes. their CPLs um, that have never gone through an actual training course, never sought out professional uh, assistance or any kind of structured curriculum to help build their skill set. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, but that said, yeah, some people did struggle a little bit with that. And then we started doing things like 90 degree turns and 180 turns and stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, safety's safety's paramount. Um, <clears throat> and just like I experienced in my class with the, the carbine, uh, stuff, you know, Robbie doesn't joke around with it. Um, most good instructors don't, you know, it's, it, it's very serious. Safety has to come first. Um, so once we kind of got past that and people kind of, I want to say got, they warmed up to the, the idea of changing directions and, <laughs> yeah. you know, muzzle discipline, um, you know, all that stuff. Then I, I thought after that, things went much smoother. I would yes. say that was like the rough phase of the course. We even had somebody like during the 90 degree turns, um, kind of a weird dude, honestly, who, uh, opted out of that exercise cause he didn't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of weird. I didn't, no one flagged that drill. No one flagged anybody or anything. Um, that really, really wasn't a problem. So I thought it, I, I thought it was a little bit weird that that gentleman decided he was, was not going to participate. Um, and then what, like an hour later, he decided he was going to leave like 20 minutes before the end of class, just take no, off. No, like, cause we ended up extending. It was the perceived end of class, but like, I don't know. I mean, anyone who's ever been in the classroom setting, there's usually some kind of like powwow get together at the end. Like, Hey, let's talk about things. Mm-hmm. So like, it was like the perceived moment leading up to yeah. that like we'd finished the because we did a friendly competition at the yeah, end which i got second by the way <laughs> of the second well, competition um yeah no the first one see and that was really cool we started at three yards two shots to the a zone you would back up to like the five or seven yard line or something and uh as you're backing up shoot two more shots to the a zone then you would turn around muzzle up and run back to like the 15 yard line or something yeah, something and two more shots to the a zone um and me and adam went first and uh we both hung one we had like five in the a zone and one like just one that just was way out to left field or something like <laughs> I, I had like a shoulder shot or something um 
yes it was fun that was a fun drill Um, it was uh so i I really actually uh josh won that one that that was really cool though um and then we had the it wasn't really a quick i don't want to call it a quick draw competition because it's not but um was it the three yard or five yard line um just basically in the credit credit card box on the headshots not they say not just headshots but yeah the credit card box like center mm-hmm. it had to be in that that actual um i think it's an ipsic target or idpa target whatever the actual like box on the target you had to have it in there so um i know we lined up next to each other like twice on that um i again i ended up get going getting second place in that contest technicality um, what's that technicality yeah well if you say so but second place um, but it was fun that th- those kinds of drills and stuff like that, that really challenge you to be a little bit more competitive and push your own limits and stuff. Um, cause that one was about accuracy, accountability, and a fast time. It wasn't just about being fast or just about being accurate. It kind of puts it all together. So that yep. was, that was cool. And then, yeah, at the end of the class, like you were saying, um, had the powwow talk about positives, neg- negatives, takeaways, and things like that. Um, which is, again, it's cool. Um, uh, the one thing that's a little bit nicer with a little bit longer courses is you do get to talk to people a little bit more. Um, now, I will say I, I did know a couple of the guys from my carving class. Um, Josh and Anthony were dudes I shot with in the carving course. Uh, they were in this class too. Super cool dudes. Uh, Anthony won the competition. He was the one I, I lost to. Um, but um, like I said, super nice guys. And it's kind of cool. You start to build some camaraderie and some friendship and, and things like that. Um, but let's talk about like some takeaways uh this being your first class and i'm sure i mean going into it i'm sure you're probably a little bit nervous or at least didn't know what to expect right yeah i I definitely went in i don't want to say i didn't have low expectations for the course like i had very high expectations for the course Mm -hmm. um but i went in fully expecting to be the least experienced one the only female and on both counts were not accurate so that was like a nice little, I think having that like right off the get go mm-hmm. helped, I think, boost my confidence for the class itself. Just because I you know it, it's hard when you're, I mean, for anything, when you're the worst one. Yeah. You don't, you know, so, and I don't think anyone there was like bad. It's just, I wasn't as bad off as I thought I was. Well, and that's, I mean, it, it helps. It kind of gives you a little nudge of confidence that just helps it make it a little bit easier to focus on what you're trying to do in the class. And, um, I mean, some of the, the the input, right, and the direction that you got, you, I mean, you saw almost immediate improvement on your accuracy. Yep, I actually s- focus less on my gun. Yep, and, and looking through the sights to the focus on the target, not so much on your, your front your sight. Because your body is, is natural. If you're staring at something mm-hmm. and you raise your arms, you're going to point. Like, so, yeah, once I stopped focusing so much on the gun and more so on where I was shooting... And that's that's like a mental adjustment. That's not even anything changing, at least perceivably. Yeah. Not really making any physical changes. That's that's a mental adjustment and physical, tangible results. Yep. Almost immediately. Yes. You know, it was a four-hour class. It wasn't like it was a ton of time. We actually, um, that's the other thing I like is that these are you know four to six-hour classes, a relative, relatively low round count. You know, we we bought two hundred rounds each. I think we only wound up shooting about a hundred each. Yep. With these drills and stuff, which is, I mean, with ammo prices the way they are right now, that's that's pretty awesome. You know, I still felt like we got a lot done with 100 rounds, two boxes of ammo. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I, I thought that was really cool. 
Uh, and like I said, you know, shooting from retention, something I'm definitely going to practice with the heavy bag down here in, in our basement and things. And, uh, you know, breaking down the draw from concealment. Yep. Continue, um, continue to push myself, you know, actually try to consistently get under that one and a half if possible. Like, yeah, I'm a small person. Like I'm not very fast. I'm not going to win a foot race. So well, no, well, yeah, we're working on it. Well, yeah. Going to the gym, working on it. Um, but if I need to put distance between myself and an attacker, use the tools the, you the have. Physical steps. You know, you're almost a foot taller than me. You take one large step, and I take one large step. There's Those a, are two very different. different yeah. Like, so I'm at a disadvantage. So I need to be able to get that off quick, and only be able to get a step or two mm-hmm. back before that person's on me. So. And that's important to understand for, well, I mean, for anyone really, whether you're just small in stature as a man or you're a woman who may not be as, you know, very strong or a combination of both, whatever have you, or, you know, or anyone. It doesn't even have to be due to physical constraints. But, um, you know, bottom line is you, you carry a firearm for self defense, um, need to be able to contextually know how to apply that, whether that's uh, up close like the retention type situations yep. or from, you know, 10, 20 yards out trying to take, you know, accountable, accountable, uh, pulls of the trigger. Yep. Right. Um, and I think this course did a pretty good job on it. It sounds like they're probably gonna have like an advanced class that does a little bit more with maybe like cognitive drills that makes you identify your targets, discern between good guy, bad guy, whatever. It makes yeah. you think a little bit more. Um, and that's, that stuff's actually really cool. We did that in the carbine class. And I think that's like when you start getting like, I don't want to say next level, but, uh, next level with it, decision-making while also making accountable well, shots, decision-making accountable shots while under stress. Cause that, the, the stress piece was a odd, odd enough to say, but like a nice additive. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it gives you something else that's going on. So it's not just dry firing in your basement or just sitting in a lane shooting target. You're, you have a scope right you have a, a framework of which you're trying to operate within yes so I, I think it it gives you the ability to have a much more real world situation and yeah and for somebody who's just beginning this is a nice way to introduce them to that concept it's not like a force on force class where you're you know shooting simunitions at each other and like wrestling over a firearm yeah. and things like that that a first-time gun owner may not be ready for um, that sounds pretty fun or anybody really i mean it it could be a really yeah i'm you know uh, i think uh raul martinez and, and rogue methods are actually going to be at ann arbor arms in uh august so for any of you guys listening in the southeast michigan area you're looking to get into some of that um go check that class out it should be pretty badass yeah um but i mean takeaways and observations from the class um a couple of things i noticed right away and i i, I want to talk about this because when you're dealing with new firearms owners or anybody who's looking to get into a gun, I mean, what the, the first couple of questions are always, what do I buy? Right. Talking about brand and model and yep. stuff. And then what kind of holster do I get? And where do I carry things like that? Um, the vast majority of our class shot either, uh, Glocks or the SIG P365. Yep. Um, we had one lady shooting a CZ P10 full size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we had one MNP shield, and uh, that the guy, the gentleman that left class early, I, I think it was like a 900 series SIG, 
like a small double action pistol with a manual thumb safety that only held like seven rounds. Yep. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It just, he did struggle with some of the drills because some of them were more than seven rounds long, so you had to reload. And if you don't have more than two magazines, which a lot of guns come with two. Right. That's it, you know. Um, so if you if you had a, an exercise that was more than 14 rounds or 14 rounds exactly and you missed, then it becomes problematic. Yeah, or there were some exercises that were just repetitive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would, you would go through... Yeah, the the individual exercise was two shots. Mm-hmm. But you repeat it X amount of times. Ten times, so now you're 20 shots in, and yeah, you only have... Yeah, so you're either every time we change drills or mid-drill, you got to run back and top off all your ammo because you just don't have... The capacity. You literally don't have the capacity for it. Um, but I do think it, it speaks to the reliability of um, SIG and Glock, that it's just... That's the choice. You know, yep. I saw a couple Glock 19s or Glock 19s and Glock 17s. I think Adam was running a Glock 34. Um, I you know we both ran 43 X's. Yep. Um, I think uh, one of the other ladies was running a 43. Is mm-hmm. it a 43 or 26? I want to say it was a 43 because she was reloading quite a bit. Um, you know, and, and there's a reason why people recommend those firearms, right? I mean, that, that's that reliability factor. They're very common. They're very popular. Um we recommend them here. Yep. Obviously, you know, the team here, uh, the three of us carry clocks, and then, you know, Sam carries a SIG, Rob carries a SIG. Uh, I, that's honestly, uh, and we didn't, I, I don't think we saw any actual failures. No. Um, I had one failure to lock back the slide, but that was, that was the magazine. It was a Shield Arms magazine, um, which probably just needs to be cleaned, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, actual firearms malfunctions or ammo malfunctions, we didn't have, I don't, we, I don't think you and I had any of those. I, I didn't. Um, and I didn't really see anything catastrophic um, coming from uh, anybody else. No, because anything catastrophic would have, I would, I would have stopped the class. Yeah, we, well, I mean, you work through it in the middle of the drill as you can well but if it isn't like a major stoppage and a student doesn't know how to clear it then yeah you stop the class and you, you get it use it as a teachable moment you yeah, know this is how you can fix this if you ever run into it um we, we were saying earlier too you know um almost everybody carried appendix and yeah. those that didn't i know at least one switched from strong side to appendix by the end of the class and was much faster for it mm-hmm. um you know so and, and it's again it's because it works you yeah. can see that result you can see the noticeable improvement um because you're using a part-timer you can see that hey you were a one nine whatever when you were drawing from your strong side you moved it over to appendix and now you're at a one four seven or something you know like you you cleared uh, about half a second of time off just because you're changing the physical location of where you're carrying that firearm not to mention the concealability from like needing Mm -hmm. to if you were you know it's the widest part of your body is straight across the front. And if you were forced to use it, it's also the most discreet, you know, yep, to, to kind access. of like, just like re, you know, if you were to like shift on your hips, you could easily like do that to hide your motion of clearing your garment Yep. to get it out. Whereas, yeah, strong side, then, you know, they brought up the church and sweep your mm-hmm. coat out of the way or yeah, you're, you're reaching back. It's just a very noticeable movement. 
yeah, it draws a lot of attention. It's an extraneous mo- movement, so it draws a lot of attention. And then if you are clearing a jacket or something, it's it's even more so just visually, yep. right? Um, but the other thing was, I mean, everyone carried in Kydex. Yes. I think there was one guy, I think it was the same one that carried that SIG, the SIG 900 series or whatever. Um, I think it was one guy who carried in leather. Everybody else was carrying in Kydex. Um you know, not to say that there's not good leather holster makers out there, and that they're not a, a viable and reliable choice to, for a lot of things. Uh, but I think if you're if you're conceal carrying with a modern pistol in today's day and age, uh, having a good quality holster like slim fit holsters, right? Um, something that's not gonna malfunction and come out. You know, I know I saw at least twice. Maybe you saw, saw more several times where people... holsters came out on the draw stroke. Yep. Um, either they were still attached to the gun, or they they just came out and fell after you drew the the pistol, um, which isn't. I mean, in its of itself, in a self defense situation, not the end of the world, um, but it's still something obviously that shouldn't happen. Right. Um, and that can be caused by a couple different things. It could be that your clips are worn out. It could be that uh it, the holster's not broken in um i think in anthony's case he had a icarus precision all metal um lower for his sig 365 that didn't quite fit the holster he was yeah. using so it was kind of catching in some weird places and creating some weird problems and again that kind of speaks to you know you guys need to understand your equipment and train with it i mean because you could carry that, not training it, and not and thinking everything's gonna be fine, right? You know, and not it thinking isn't. it's gonna be a problem, and <laughs> and then should the moment arise where you have to use that firearm for self defense, then you find out the hard way yep. that this just doesn't fucking work, and this is this is a fucking problem, right? Um, so when we saw it, I know uh, at least I saw it at least twice, you know, where there were holster issues. Um, so guys, I mean. Truly, you should be training with your equipment, um, whether that's just dry fire practice under stress, um, using a timer. And you don't have a shot timer. You can get a free shot timer app on your phone. Yep, and that might actually work well because... um, I mean, they're not the greatest, but it's better than nothing if you're looking to create a time constraint for yourself. Well, and a, a good way to simulate stress at home. Like, obviously, you're you're dry firing. You don't need ear protection. Mm-hmm. Put your headphones in. Find a YouTube video of crowds screaming. Yeah, there's a lot of extra stuff you can do to create um, context to introduce stress or variables to what you're, you know, you're training around. Yep. Um, I also thought it was, uh, it was I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I thought it was funny, but I did notice right that about half the class ran red dots. Yeah, that was actually pretty. There were several. Yeah, I know Adam, Josh, Anthony did. Um, Robbie, the instructor, um, he runs a 2011 with a red dot. One of the other ladies who was there had one. Yep. Um, Only one person with a visible laser, which I think is kind of a... um, I mean, if you need it because you don't see well or something, or you're concerned with not being able to see well at night or something, then do what you have to do. Right. Um, But That's more the exception than the rule. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we did see a fair amount of red dots, um, which I think you're, you know, most, most firearms that are being released now come with that option. Yep. Really? Um, you're going to, I think we're going to see a lot less hitting the market that can't, or that aren't manufactured to have some kind of mounting system straight from the factory to mount optics. You know, it's just, it's the way the future, it is faster to pick up. Um, you and I both ran irons on ours. 
uh, full disclosure, uh, Sunday I ordered a 407k, <laughs> a Holosun 407k, and uh, yesterday I drove out and dropped my slide off uh, to the local shop, and I'm, I'm getting it milled, and so my my 43x is gonna be running a red dot in the very very near future here. Um, and again, I don't thought I didn't think I, I performed poorly with my irons. In fact, I know I didn't. Um, it's just I I knew how I shot. Um, and with irons, I had blacked out rears and a high visibility front sight. Same thing that you have, right? Yep. Um, which helps. It helps to kind of align those sights um, to make sure that you're shooting, you're oriented correctly mm-hmm. and shooting the way you want to be. Um, in my mind, if you aren't running a red dot, that's really the configuration you, you should have. Because um, you can, I mean, you can do the the three white dots you can do the red in the back and the green in the front or something um but that that's a lot of feedback that's a lot of uh that's a lot of data that you're mentally having to process lining up the sights you know uh both laterally and vertically yep um you're discerning those colors which is a subconscious uh you know mental task Mm-hmm. And then you're also trying to look past them, through them, whatever, to focus on that target like you were talking about earlier. And you're talking about tenths of seconds here. Yeah, you have to do it all very quickly. So the easier you can make it on yourself. Right. So having something like a dot there where you're literally just looking, you, there's that dot, there it is, bang. I don't have to line up any sights. Um, a lot of these red dot technology is getting a lot better. So, you know, parallax is less and less of an issue. So as soon as you pick up that red dot, just bang. Yep. There it is. It saves. Now, you, you do have to understand that with all optics, and actually to an extent with irons, right? Um, but with optics, you have to understand uh, that mechanical offset. Yes. The you know the distance between the dot over the bore of the, of the firearm. So as you get closer, you're going to have to drop that dot a little bit. And as you back up, you pick it up, just yep. depending on what your zero distance is. Um, and a lot of them are like 10 yards. So. Um. For for handguns, for handguns. It, it could be, um, or twenty five yards. I guess it just depends on it. it well, it, it's it's personal preference, right? Um, and a lot of people, when you don't have access to anything but an indoor range, the best you can hope to zero your rifles on is like a twenty five yard zero, unless you start doing some math. And I think like I think T Rex Arms has a target out that's specifically for doing a twenty five yard zero, but you aim it in such a way that it's giving you an actual 50 yard zero or something. Um, I've not played with that very much, but I know that there's, uh, there's some theories out there and some ideas on how you can, uh, zero your, your weapon for a 50, 200, zero or a 25, 100, zero or something yeah. at an indoor range that only goes out to 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like we don't have a lot of access to facilities, outdoor facilities for shooting. No, no, we do um, not. <laughs> You know, I, I've only shot outdoors uh, in northern Michigan, up in Atlanta, Michigan, when I've been with Ryan. Yeah. Um, because the ranch there has a private range. Past that, I've never been to an outdoor range. I know we have some um, parks within about 45 minutes of the house here that have an outdoor range. Um, but they're, they're like state controlled and stuff, so there's no rapid fire. You certainly aren't doing any shooting on the move or anything yeah. like that. So it's really... Um, you basically got to work within what you have for indoor ranges. Yeah. It just, it sucks, but it's... It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, um, I may look into going to some places down into Ohio. Um, Ohio, I think, has some better outdoor ranges that host classes for people like uh, Achilles Heel Tactical or Black Iron Gunner and stuff like that. Um, it's a little more accessible. 
There's yeah. just a few more here. I, I think in Michigan, I only really know of one and I really want to try and get out there this spring. Um, but yeah, anyways, you, you have to understand your zero introducing an optic while it does have its pros. There are some cons mechanical offset is definitely probably one of the largest. Um, but you know, with the way technology is being developed, I mean, it cost me about 220 bucks to get the 407 K. Yeah. That's not a lot considering that a couple of years ago, your RMR was a $500 optic and your quote unquote more budget option was the Delta point pro that was 450 bucks unless <laughs> right. you needed the night vision one, which was then obviously more. Mm-hmm. Um, it was as much for that optic as it was for several, most firearms on the market. So, um, technology is growing leaps and bounds and it's it's affording us a lot of um access right financially speaking a lot of access to things that we wouldn't have had just a couple years ago so uh, it was interesting to see you know i think a lot of people are making those decisions for a lot of different reasons like i said i'm now doing it um i I thought that it's experiencing this and seeing how people perform and shoot um accountability you know, I think accountability of shots is yeah. something that is starting to be overlooked in lieu of things like speed. Um, and, but you, you kind of have to have both, right? Yeah, you, you have to balance it. You obviously want to be fast, but you can't just yeah quick draw and have like have no idea what's going on once you pull that trigger. I mean, so and so and we did different drills that were focused on different things we definitely did just the draw stroke was not an accuracy drill no the draw stroke drill was to get that draw stroke and that trigger pull as long as you're hitting the target in under one and a half seconds yes the later drills were more accountability based so it's one of those things honestly and and maybe i i think you'll probably agree right um you work on your speed and you work on your accountability and you have to meet in the middle with those two. So whatever your hundred percent speed is and your hundred percent is for accuracy, you kind of got to go 80% on both. Yeah. And that's kind of going to be like your best overall outcome. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, speed is great. Um, and, but and even Robbie pointed out, right. He's like that trigger pull. That's you make that decision. You go to jail for the rest of your life. Yep. If you're not account, you miss that shot, you hang it wide or whatever. You know, he mentioned that at least a couple of times. Yeah, you, you've got to be, you've got to know where you're shooting. you got to know where it ends up. you got to know what's going to happen. Because, yeah, you, you have one stray and you hit an innocent bystander. You're responsible for every single one of those shots. Right. And something to be said for that, you know, and again, that's why I think these training classes are so important. And I think... Uh, just getting the range in general is important. I think far too many people that are concealed carriers um, outside the tactical space, they don't own an AR-15, they don't go hunting, they just own a gun for self-defense, they have a CPL, and they carry, um, I would say, recreationally. They don't have a good holster, they don't have the skills to go with it, they don't have the training, they don't know the information. And then they get into one of these, these situations where they are faced with, do I use my gun or don't I? And that's like literally life altering in, in multiple ways, both with the decision to potentially take a life, but then also to potentially ruin your own by going to prison because you 
you shot when you shouldn't have or you shot when you should have, but you missed because you haven't been to the gun range in five fucking years. Yeah. And shooting is a deteriorating skill. Yes, absolutely. A lot of muscle um, memory, you know. That's why dry firing, like, there's a lot of benefit to it. You're going to build that muscle memory, so when you you need to... your and body's you, just going to do it. And you can you can get tools to help with that laser cartridges that'll help with some of that stuff. Um, the draw stroke and everything. So when you go to the range, you can just focus on your accountability and your accuracy and then work the other um, skill sets, dry fire, yeah. you know, reloads from concealment, draws from concealment, put those two together, you know. Or, yeah, and, and maybe take, you know, if it, obviously, if, if, if you can afford it, you know, take take classes you can but maybe maybe once a year twice a year is all you can afford or yeah once every other year you know you, you i think i think that's my goal for this year is to take at least one more class possibly two just depending on uh ammo constraints and costs and things like that but yeah. one of the things i really do like and i and uh this isn't like a paid endorsement to ann arbor arms or robbie or anything there i just i really do end up having very positive interactions with the staff there um, and it's a really clean range, um, good curriculum and everything. But, um, you know, the class we did, it was a hundred bucks for each of us. Yep. It was a four hour course. Um, and I, we, you know, 200 rounds of ammo, we used a hundred each, whatever, yep. not that 200 is that bad. Um, and even back in August when I took, um, the carbine two course there, I think it was 240 rounds of ammo and it was $175 for the course curriculum for a six or seven hour class. Yeah, that's really not bad. Um, you see a lot, and, and this isn't to to say that the quality of some other training companies out there or is is poor, um, or they're trying to take advantage of people. But you see a lot of these traveling companies that go city to city or whatever, um, and and host training classes. And I get that there's overhead if you're traveling a lot because you got to pay to house these instructors and things like. I mean, I I get it. Yeah, it's a little different animal. But for a lot of people, charging $600 for your two-day course and asking them to bring 1,200 rounds of ammunition with what ammo costs today, it's, yeah, it's, you know, if it was a handgun course that told you to bring 1,200 rounds, it's, right now, it's about 400 bucks for a 500, for 500 rounds of nine millimeter. Yeah. You know, or something, I mean, so then you're, you're now, that's not a $600 course, that's a $600 course with, I mean... $1,200 worth of ammo. Yeah. So you, that's an $1,800 weekend for training. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to be able to put a value, a dollar amount of value on, on this information. Like it, it's, it's important. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not saying that, that if you have the opportunity to, to train with some of these, um, uh, you know, whatever, the, uh, top instructors in the country. And there are, there are some really good ones out there. Like you have the chance to train with warrior poet society, uh, yeah. Achilles heel tactical, um, you know, uh, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, but I do think it's important to point out that a lot of, I think that more, more local, um, gun ranges should offer classes like this or curriculum like this, or, you know, host outside instructors from other ranges nearby that offer training, Yeah, you know, make it accessible to, to people, to the, the citizenry. That's a word, right? Sure. Yeah, it's the the common man, um, and and it's don't put up a paywall. You know, we talk about like paywalls and and things like that, downloadable content with things like video games and how how that's gotten shitty. Um, 
it's kind of the same thing with some of this training, right? It's like, you know, oh, well, you're not really worth anything unless you have a fully tricked out Glock with a surefire light and an RMR and custom slide cuts and custom stippling. And it's like, you don't really actually need any of those things to be a good shooter. No. I mean, they all help in, in some regards, but you don't really need those. No, and I, I tend to find, I mean, at least just from like casual experience, that the people with those things tend to be not that great. Well, because they spend all their money on that shit instead of <laughs> on, you know, ammo Getting and better. <laughs> but you don't need to have all the Gucci shit to be a good shooter, and you shouldn't have to spend all that money to get access to quality instruction and training. I would agree. You know, so again, I, I think that Robbie does a good job designing the curriculum, and there was stuff we were supposed to get to in this class that we just didn't. Yeah. You know, uh, Which is unfortunate, like, but... Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I think it's good that he highlighted quality over quantity. Yes. Like I said, I, we saw, you know, we you, could, you don't have to be a pro shooter to, to see that someone is shooting better. Yeah. You know, tighter groups, things like that, performing better, uh, faster cadence, and things like that. Um, we saw a noticeable improvement. You know, did we get to, you know, draw from a seated position behind a table like you would if you were in a car or a restaurant or something? No. You know, we all we were all told to bring jackets, which I mean, we have jackets anyways because it's Michigan and it was fucking frigid cold <laughs> on Saturday. Um, it's just how it is here in the Great yeah. White North. Um, we didn't get to to add jackets and draw from multiple layers, which was something that he had wanted to do. We didn't work on any drills that specifically worked on reloads. Yeah. You know, that's all stuff that either if they added two hours or or create a second class, hey, you, you add that stuff in. A lot of people argue against whether you need to teach reloads to fundamental and fundamental courses because most gunfights are six rounds most firearms hold at least eight yeah you know you, are you really going to need to do a reload um so i mean i think that what was covered in the class was the pri- prioritized well it was done very appropriately and more so it was explained in a easy to understand and digestible manner yeah i didn't really feel like i was in a class i felt like I mean, a lot of my closest friends wanted to go to the yeah. gun range, and well, and that's and, and it should be right because people are already apprehensive enough, especially you know new shooters that are unsure or have a lack of confidence, um, because it, it is intimidating and to an extent scary, you know, uh, recoil, loud bangs, things like that, and everything. Like, if it's not something that you're acclimated to, it, it is an intimidating experience. I think again that it says a lot about Robbie's instructor that he has that personality and things were done in a safe manner while still being friendly and approachable and simplistic while still yielding results um so i'm looking forward to going back and uh i might actually take that course again or take their advanced course yeah um he specifically mentioned they're going to be offering a gunfighter course now there um which will be like the next step for me past what i did with my carbine 2 class so we'll be running off a battle belt with a sidearm as well as with a carbine. Yep. Um, that actually, it sounds super badass. They have one at the end of this month. And I, I know you were telling me to go, but I mean, financially, with <laughs> some other stuff that we have going on, like, you know, my mother's birthday and stuff, uh, just money's not there for it. it. But, you know, I, I'm i looking forward to doing it. I think, you know, I'm going to try and get Sam together, uh, reach out to a couple other buddies, like, hey, let's go sign up for this fucking class. Yeah. I mean, how that'd be pretty sweet, you know, if you guys 
you reach out to a couple of your friends, get a couple buddies, like plan it out months in advance. These traveling companies do their calendar a year in advance. Yep. And a lot of these local ranges that host classes give you at least 90 days out on a lot of things. At the very least, you have 30 days out. But if right. you plan with your buddies and say, hey, man, start setting aside your cash, start setting aside your ammo, because in August, whatever, we're going to go take this class together for a day. Yep. It's not a weekend. We're not leaving the state. We're going to go to, you know, in my in my case, right? Be like, hey, we're going to go to Ann Arbor. We're going to be gone for nine hours. Yep. We'll take a six and a half hour, seven hour class or whatever. We got some drive time. We're going to go take this class together. You know, we talk about building things like building your network and working as a team of your peers and things like that in the instance anything should go wrong you should need to use these skills why not take the opportunity to train with those people right you know so a you know what their abilities are but that builds trust that builds confidence it's just a good it's a good fucking time right you know so i'm i'm really looking forward to it um again it just uh, it's a good facility um good instructors i if again if you're in the southeast michigan area it's worth the drive you know, I mean, uh, a lot of people looked at us goofy when we saw we were from St. Clair Shores. We drove an hour because there was a, an accident on the, the easiest route to get out there. that usually takes about 45 minutes. There was an accident. So it took us like literally maybe like an hour or an hour and 10 yep. to get out there because um, we're actually a couple minutes late. Uh, you know, but that's uh, that to me, I don't think is that unreasonable. Um, I took a chance on it last summer. Like I said, I had great experience. So now I'm like willing to repeat you know i don't go out there every weekend no but not for lack of want though yeah i mean like, out there every weekend yeah but i mean every couple months that's not that big of a deal to no. drive out there and back and you know stop and get some grand Traverse pie company while we're out there it's well and, and, and of all the things you can do on a weekend like i mean 100 was, bucks 100 but, bucks for four hours of entertainment well and it's like it's, it's, it's as much educational as it is entertaining yeah um, but it was good you know i mean especially now right with with covid and stuff and, and just finding looking for excuses to get out of the house and do something we got up we were out of the house by eight forty-five. yep hit the gas station drive out there train for four and a half hours yep grab some wendy's grab some pie come home you know like we were home around five or five thirty or something like yeah. that maybe six o'clock at, at you, you spent the day out of the house doing something and it wasn't just driving around or watching a movie or stuffing yourself with food, which, I mean, all those things can be can be great and whatnot. But I think spending a whole day training that's pretty, it's um, pretty awesome. Yeah, you know? no, it was a good time. I'd hundred percent do it again. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be looking into more courses. Um, but I hope this was uh, this was cool for for everybody. Um, just kind of a little look into what our experience was. Maybe you're looking at taking a course at Ann Arbor Arms, or maybe you're just apprehensive about taking your your own first class um most places are not very they, they are not intimidating you know um and if you do walk into a class and the first thing that the instructors do because they're just an old military-esque individual or somebody that wants to uh intimidate everyone my advice would be ask for a refund immediately <laughs> yeah. before you do anything and leave because it really it doesn't need to be that way you're no. not signing up for the military or a law enforcement academy you are a you're a civilian looking for an introduction to training to be more competent and in in fact safer yep with your firearm and it should be a it should be a positive experience so if that's how it starts out and i know there's a couple places locally here that have that vibe going on which is why we opt to drive an hour to get to 
you know, yep. where we go. Um, you know, just it, it, it food for thought. You know, look into it. Look into the reviews online. Um, you know, check into those instructors. Vet those instructors and vet those training companies or ranges and companies uh, and see what other people have to say. You know, uh, word of mouth is is the best way to to uh, spread that kind of information. You know, things like Google reviews and, and things like that are a big, big source of information. Yeah. So a lot of lot of good information out of there. Yeah, and uh, I think it's only been positive reviews that I've seen uh, at Ann Arbor. So we'll definitely be back. Um, but yeah, if you guys are if if you're on the fence about taking your your first class, hopefully this gave you some insight into what our experiences were like, and uh, it doesn't need to be intimidating or daunting. Um, it can be exciting, and it should be exciting, and educational, and a something that leaves you wanting to do more. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun. I mean, not that I, I said I had pretty high expectations for the class, but I think that it uh, even exceeded those because I had never taken a class. So I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's a fun way to spend a day. Honestly, it's it's almost addicting because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, we're we're two three days removed, and I'm still thinking about stuff that I did there, um, ways to be better at it, or just just thinking about it. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about the compliment on my reload. Yeah. <laughs> they, hey, and it's, it's a positive thing. It, it was. It's, it, it, you get, I mean, you get the constructive criticism where you need it, right? Like, you want to get better, so, like, you got to have the criticism. But, like, when you actually do something well or maybe you're not as confident and you get complimented on it anyway, like, it, it's a good, you're like, all right, I'm... You don't I'm, realize that what you're doing is actually good. You're, yeah. We're always our own biggest critic. Yep. And we're all, or most critical on ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have somebody give that positive feedback and um again it feeds that confidence that makes you want to push more push boundaries get better repeat the experience you know so hope you guys have enjoyed it that's all we got for you this week uh we'll have a lot more next couple weeks uh if you haven't checked out the giveaway again on instagram head to prepared.mindset.pod on our Instagram page and enter the giveaway. You guys can win a free holster from Slim Fit Holsters, a solo medic from my medic, as well as some awesome salts from uh, Element. Uh, those things are delicious. You guys will love that. So head on there, enter the giveaway. We're going to be drawing that uh, in a couple days here. Today's the 11th, so uh, it'll be Friday at the end of this week at 8 Eastern. We'll be doing that drawing. But until next time, you guys, stay safe out there. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.